When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. What's up, my man, Fernando? Hey, Ben, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. Uh, How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for asking, Ben. Absolutely. I'm so happy to have a little bonus episode of Abe Lincoln's Top Hat this week so we can talk even more about what's going on in this fine country of ours. I am honored to be joined by my buddy, my former campaign manager, a great filmmaker. Check out Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, directed, written, and kind of starring the one and only Travis Irvine. Travis, thanks for being on the show. Ben, it's great to be back for my annual appearance every year we do it in march because we're always marching towards something absolutely that is true he was here last march and uh, what we marched towards was our beds because no one left their house over the past year that's right it was the week of our tour a week ago ben and i were on the road with your documentary about your campaign hail yourself america we miss everyone terribly that was the last week the world was open yeah i remember i was in uh i was in uh, orlando florida and i knew i was going back to new york after it was shut down Orlando was fantastic. I had my Bloody Marys on the plane, and as soon as it landed in New York City, the party was over. When when did you realize that quarantine was going to be real, Fernando? Well, honestly, not to, and- we're not talking all about quarantine, but it is kind of an interesting thing now with a little bit of hindsight. I was kind of ready because of Amber Nelson. Really? Yeah, Amber since like December had been talking about this, and oh, she really? was yeah she was really she was like it's she's happening. always got the real scoop. She was on Reddit, and you know I hate Reddit. <laughs> I'm scared of it. it. It's gonna it's gonna turn me into a Q incel or something, so I don't read right. it. But Amber, she she's immune to that, I guess. You know, so she was listening. She was she had her eyes on the on the on the prize of what might be happening. She she's like it's coming, it's coming. I didn't believe her. Right. But so when it started really happening in like February, I, I guess I was prepared for lack of a better term. That's great. Good thing to have friends in high places like Amber Nelson who goes on Reddit and finds out the truth. Can't say that happens too often on Reddit. (laughs) And that was actually a great segue to what we want to talk about first. The GOP is pushing through a lot of laws right now or attempting to put through laws regarding social media. There is a a narrative out there that Conservative voices are being stifled on social media and therefore social media needs to be regulated. The question is, is that correct? Is that constitutional? And we will approach this from not a left, right, or middle perspective, but this is simply, as far as I understand the constitution of this country, 
That that is how we're going to try to approach this. This is simply massive government overreach with the big tech companies. I know whatever they're doing, I'm not in favor of any time ever, because I think social media platforms, again, if you want to listen to what they actually do, go listen to my conversation with Joe Toscano. We are the data. We provide them with every single bit of information that then they monetize, which is which is why I think you can make a strong case for a UBI, because it is our data that is funding these multi-billion dollar companies and we're giving it away for free. That being said, they are still private companies. And the question is, this is the first toss up question. Should the GOP or any party be trying to regulate what is said on social media platforms? Woo. All right. Let me take the first crack as a comedian and as a filmmaker. Obviously, I'm against censorship in any form. Uh, we are given a free speech to do that. Obviously, I think any uh, any encroachment by the government to censor any type of voice um, you know, started with Tipper Gore in the 80s. Oh. And then, and then uh, you know, then the Republicans kind of jumped on. And you, well, you, and of course, Tipper Gore, that was actually the early 90s when she talked about uh, we need we need to have warning labels on music because it turns out black people are telling their truth. And if we don't warn the white kids <laughs> in the suburbs, oh, my God, we might even have a black president. Oh, Tipper, no. Which, of course, led to the parental advisory warnings, which. Fernando, as you know, only let us kids know which albums to actually buy. Yeah. Those are the good ones, man. <laughs> yes. You look for the little black and white label down on the bottom right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nothing more sad than accidentally buying the uh, scrubbed version of Pantera's Far Beyond Driven. It's really <laughs> sad to listen to metal when all the curse words is blurred out. Yeah. Yes. No, I think this is, and, and you did nail uh, your, your word choice correctly there, Ben. It's the Republicans. It's the conservatives. Now they're going after something that they feel is threatening them. And this is just how, you know, within 10 years, it can turn against them very quickly. Absolutely. You know, it's possible that there was someone recently that like was really, really inflammatory and said a lot of really mean things on the internet and Twitter and stuff. Who that, could that who be? Could that people be? would have loved to have sued uh -huh. for the things he said. You know, oh. that people would have just... Eight <laughs> to sue him for. Right. I have no idea who this man was. I have right. no clue. But there's no trace of him on social media. Now. Well, and of course, his initials are DT because he forces you to want to drink and give you delirium tremens. <laughs> of course, talking about Donald Trump. Now, this is, interestingly enough, the catalyst for the lawsuits being brought uh, by, by more than two dozen states by GOP politicians. As soon as Donald Trump was banned, sent into the netherworld, which is just the real world. Twitter isn't everything. <laughs> Nobody cares what's on Twitter. Just 10% of the population. That's not a real value. All of a sudden, Twitter needs to change their entire platform. They're silencing conservative voices, despite the fact that Donald Trump, by Twitter's own terms of services, should have not had a Twitter account for about six years, ever since he came down the escalator and called everyone <laughs> a bunch of rapists, uh, specifically Mexicans. So GOP politicians... In roughly two dozen states, they've introduced these bills. To be fair, there has been some pushback from the more libertarian wing of the Re Republican Party, and then some also some pushback by experts who argue the legislative proposals are immediately doomed because of Section 230. Right. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, uh, that would not allow... Again, that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act would not allow for these for this GOP legislation, if it even did go through, to hold up 
to judicial scrutiny. So I don't know if this legislation is going to go anywhere. But if you are someone who is a Republican, if you are someone who is right on the aisle, uh, right, uh, right of the aisle, anytime we hear about big censorship moves by anyone in government, that should be like a spider sense going off and saying, without a doubt, this will be used by the opposition against me at one point. Right. And is this something that needs to be legislated or do you allow the free market to take place? And as Travis and I spoke with a woman at a bar in Las Vegas who was on Parler, <laughs> allow Parler to compete with Twitter. And if Parler gets more people on it than Twitter, so be it. And I am going to stay off of both of them. Right. There you go. You're the and you're the smarter one in this scenario for it. Um, 230 uh, has been yelled about by Donald Trump for a couple yes. of months now. And I would encourage everyone. You mentioned the libertarian wing of the conservative side. Justin Amash, um, former congressman from Michigan. He was Republican. Then he became independent. Then he became libertarian. He was anti-Trump for most of that uh, time. Um, he has uh, come out. uh I believe also against 230. 230 is just kind of a, a dangerous section in general uh, for some reason for the libertarians. But I'm with you. I don't know, A, if this legislation will ever get through anywhere, B, how it will be enforced if it did. Um, this seems like something that is just Republican legislatures that run in uh, their states trying to get to the Supreme Court before others. And Fernando, it seems to me like a an extension of the argument made Different, different context or same context, a different scenario when it comes to the filibuster, for example, ridding the filibuster, which I believe was Harry Reid initially. Right. When that happened, the Democrats did it and the Republican Party used it to their advantage at nauseum, causing the Democrats to say, we got to bring back the filibuster. When you're not in power, you really like it. And I think the same could be said for social media censorship. It's a really slippery slope. And as I said before we started recording, slippery slopes means you have to walk up to that cliff. And a lot of the times you just end up going down it, yep. you know. Yeah. And the other thing about this is it's it's not about there. When you guys say censorship, I don't know how I feel about specifically the word censorship because mm -hmm. they're letting the post go there. You know, you're get your stuff is getting posted online. What the suing is for it being blocked or removed specifically. So they're still letting you say whatever you want. Technically, sure. You know what I mean. So if you're upset that they're not letting me say it, you said it. You know the. But in the same token, we have a community. We ourselves, we have a Discord community, and there's moderators in that community. Sure. And moderators in those communities have to occasionally delete and block members. It right. is part of a functioning society. It's not prison. You know, we don't make them work the chain gang. But sometimes members of society do have to. Be dealt with in a very specific way. And of course, if you talk to some of these people who have been kicked off of social media, you would think that they were sentenced to prison the way that they talk about how they're <laughs> warriors, social media warriors for a cause, whatever cause that might be in their own mind, because God knows there's thousands of them and they're fractured. And I have no idea what half of these people are um, or what half of these people's fantasies about themselves are. It's very difficult to tell everyone's a hero in their own mind and in their own narrative. Interestingly enough, Len Niehoff, a professor at the University of uh, Michigan Law School, he says this whole idea is a constitutional non-starter. He goes on to say, if an online platform wants to have a policy that will delete certain kinds of tweets, delete certain kinds of users, forbid certain kinds of content, that is in the exercise of their right as an information distributor. Again, giving right. going back to the idea, the free market idea, 
that these platforms are private businesses. They are private entities and they have the right to curate their pages the same way that you have a right uh, to curate your own blog or your own life. They have the right to curate. Now, again, that being said, I don't trust Jack to curate my underwear drawer, let alone my thoughts. And I don't trust Mark Zuckerberg whatsoever. And there is no denying that there is a massive opposite side of this, which you look at 2016, you look at Facebook manipulation and everyone's saying there's a a liberal bias in social media. I would uh, tell you, please look at Facebook. It is a diverse group of conservative voices Some completely crazy, but there is no denying that the meme war that took place in 2016, specifically on platforms, specifically Facebook, were massively influential and peddling a lot of BS. Let's not even talk about But that was the liberals saying it then. Right. But now the conservatives are saying, oh, that's a lot of BS. There's a lot of crap on there. And you know what? I'm just going to say this moment of unity. You're both right. (laughs) You know, the reality is what you're seeing on Facebook, what you're seeing on Twitter is already very heavily curated. Even if stuff isn't being blocked or deleted. The algorithm. Oh, exactly. The algorithm. You are seeing a very specific Twitter feed, a very specific Instagram feed. If you if I showed you my Instagram, it would look very different than the Instagram, you know, search page that Ben has or you have, Travis. Right. Yeah. So it so you're worried about your stuff being censored. The people that want to see your stuff will see the stuff, your stuff. And the people that don't want to see your stuff will never see your stuff. Right. That's and, pretty much the reality of the Internet. And of course, when it comes to Section 230, just as someone who lives in the Internet, someone who has a job on the Internet, someone who owns oh. a podcast company with a couple of my friends that takes place on the Internet. Oh. I believe Section 230 needs to stay in place. Uh, it was from 1996. It was in the Telecommunications Act, I believe, the Total Act, which a lot of that was BS. That's also why we got Clear Channel that destroyed radio. The act itself is not great. Section 230, however, it exempts Internet companies from being sued over the user's posts on their sites. And quite frankly, if you did not have Section 230, you would not have the Internet. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe I had Justin Amash's stance incorrect. Maybe he is also in favor of, of 230. Um, because that seems like a very uh, sound libertarian uh, constitutional logic. Well, Justin Amash is, is I don't trust anything that that man says. The man only he tried to be a libertarian, realized he wasn't get on the wasn't going to get on the top of the ticket and dropped out. The guy's a hack and he's totally pathetic. And I don't care what he has to say. But when it comes to these websites, oftentimes this would the, the original motivation for this law was to make sure that nothing obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, violent, harassing or otherwise objectionable would be on these platforms. They were trying to prevent that from happening, but you can't prevent that from happening. Hence, Section 230 and the base of the law or the soul of the law was that companies were going to act in, quote, good faith. And the one thing we know about Silicon Valley and we the one thing we know about tech giants they don't have faith, let alone good faith, and I don't trust them again to uh, you know to change my underwear, let alone curate my life for me. But they also have the right to curate what they want, how they want to do it on their platforms, and we have the right to stay off. Absolutely, you have the right to just not get on. I know, and, and you mentioned it earlier. Um, your data is what is basically monetizing. You sign up for free, but then what you do on that site basically monetizes most of these tech giants. So I know people are just quitting based on that. They don't want to be watched anymore by by Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So 
It's wild times. I've said this off the air to you a few times, Ben, but to me, the only vote that seems that really matters is the dollar vote. Where you're spending your money and where that money is, you know, where you're funneling your paycheck. And so if you don't like what these, if you don't like what Facebook is telling you and you don't like what Facebook is doing, don't go on Facebook. If you prefer Parler, go on, you know, Parler or download the APK. Believe me, you can go on Google and GitHub and download the APK for Parler and hang out with all your friends. You don't need to use Google Play Store. You know, there, exactly. If you, if there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. In terms of censorship, per se. Now, we all need to have... We all need to have fairness in the sense that we all need to have the same accessibility for the same goods, right? Things need to be accessible for people. But this conversation is not even about that. This conversation is about lawmakers right now muddling, putting their grubby, politicized, binary thinking, selfish fingers into social media platforms that is going to have a massive reverb that at some point in the very near future will piss off the exact people who's trying to pass this legislation now. Specifically in Oklahoma, there's this dude, Rob Standridge. He's a senator, a local uh, senator, obviously, there in Oklahoma, Republican. He was talking, and this is what he told reporters. He said, all of these tech, all of these tech monopolies are going to abuse their power and interfere in our elections, and it has to be stopped. Uh, meanwhile, you watch CPAC and they were openly talking about redistricting and gerrymandering districts <laughs> so that they will guarantee themselves more victories when it comes to the House. Watch out for 22, 2022. That House race is going to be insane. But even this verbiage, if you said that sentence, that sentence could easily be uttered by Bernie Sanders. Mm. That sentence could be uttered by Elizabeth Warren. Mm. That's what I'm saying when it comes to be careful when you put things into legislation, because that legislation is not going to move along with the political winds as they blow. Listen to the sentence. All of these tech, uh, all of these tech monopolies are going to abuse their power and interfere in our elections. And it has to be stopped. Elizabeth Warren ran on basically that exact thing. Right. Yeah. It could be either side saying that. Exactly. So the question is, as citizens of this country, do we want the left or the right legislating what happens on social media? I say no. Yell at people who say something bad on social media or, again, get off of it. But this is a dangerous precedent because when it comes to our and, of course, the irony is the Republicans are bringing this legislation in as a guise to end censorship. Right. But in reality, this would increase censorship as these platforms become more um, inherently nervous about what takes place on their platforms. They're just going to ban everything and they might as well just call themselves the dodo. If you look in, if you look through history, I mean, we talked about the eighties rap. If you look at anything that you quote unquote cancel culture has been happening for a long time for, for a long time, it was the Republicans saying cancel Harry Potter, cancel this, cancel trans people. Can't, you know, it's been, 20, 30 years of them saying we well, need look to- at the Dixie chicks, bro. Exactly. Yeah. All of these things the Republicans want canceled. If you don't, if you think that cancel culture is a democratic thing, you know, or this, this, you know, non-conservative ideology, you're not looking at let me, history. Let <laughs> me Absolutely. just point out a few that I remember growing up. Amy Grant, a Christian singer who had a song called Baby Baby. Uh, when the Christians found out it wasn't about an actual baby. Uh, they banned her. Wow. Uh, Dixie Chicks. There was the, the list goes on. During the Bush Cheney years, I remember oh my uh, Freedom God. Fries. They, they changed in the halls of Congress, no more French fries. It was Freedom Fries. <laughs> fries. Exactly. So remember, and I know all of our listeners do, but these things 
legislation lasts forever and these ideas exist in a small political vacuum. And at some point it's going to change flow and then all of the legislation will be used against you. It's like if you bring a gun uh, to a fight, uh, you better make sure the other dude doesn't grab it or otherwise you're dead. And these people are bringing the gun to the legislation, to the legislative branch. And if they allow it to go through, the other side is just going to get their hands on it at some point and blow their freaking head off. Absolutely. It's a dangerous weapon. Stay away. All right. So this is an interesting point from James Snarzowski. I think you nailed that pronunciation. Snarzawaski. I'm from Wisconsin. I should be able to say this. I think you're right on that one. James Snarzawaski. Anyway, he's from the Libertas Institute, of course, a libertarian think tank out in Utah, very conservative think tank as well. So we'll have a lot of differences. But I just want to express how this is not a left or a right issue. This is an issue that both sides should agree. Social media. Uh, we don't want anyone alter- to have this power. No one should have the right. social media alteration. I don't think should happen right. uh, again. We, we are the ones who create the social media naturally. Why did Twitter get ruined? People ruined it, right? Because it's a social <laughs> media platform that caters itself to humans. Because if it catered itself to cats, it'd be awesome. Oh my God. We can't have nice things on no, the internet. We, can. we cannot. We know that we all know that because people ruin it. But again, that's the internet and you have the right to click that little X on top <laughs> left or right of your screen. So according to James, he's a tech policy analyst for Libertas Institute. He says regarding these laws, Uh, He says, it's ironic that these laws are in the name of free speech, but if you enforce them, it's going to result in less speech online. He goes on to say, in reality, conservatives would lose out from it and the laws would harm conservative voices, which is a shame. So why would it do that? It is, again, because Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as we've seen them try to do, does not have the ability to regulate. So all they're going to do is take a shitty algorithm that they have, put it into a evolving AI system and hopefully catch a few, a few bad tweets. But as we know, when it comes to tuna fishing, you catch a lot of dolphins as well. Okay, That is a great way to put it. So we've all been dolphin fishing. We have all been tuna fishing and then we catch our dolphins. <laughs> so the question is, do we trust these companies to curate based on political ideology, their platforms. I don't believe they have the capability. And I think all it would lead to is a chilling effect of speech on those platforms in its entirety. Absolutely. So the next question would be, what would be the penalties for these sites, for these companies, if they banned, let's say conservative speech, but let's also say liberal speech. Let's just say any speech. The bills are slightly varied, but for the most part, the lawsuits center around the idea that if someone posts something religious or political and they have uh, had that post blocked, they would be allowed to sue for up to $75,000 in damages what? from the social oh, media. No. They would apply to companies with millions of users and carve out exemptions for posts that call for violence, entice criminal acts or other similar conduct. But if you post something that you believe to be accurate for your religious view, which could literally say gay people should be tired and tired. By the way, that's when you fill a tire with gasoline, throw it around their neck, light it on fire. They were doing this in Africa and places all over the world and it's absolutely disgusting if you say i think that gay people should be killed in the town square and quartered um 
that's my religious right. Next thing you know, we're in the Supreme Court and we have ourselves a hell of a decision to be made. That is what we're talking about when it comes to religious exemption or someone saying, I have a religious right to say that or a political right. This legislation coming from the GOP is so reactionary. And I think, again, so ironic because the man that was just in office for four years used Twitter as a bully box, as a bludgeoning weapon to destroy his opponents. I thought it was super stupid. Still do. But you tell that to someone who got doxxed by Donald Trump or these sociopaths, uh, specifically on the right in this case. I know what's happened on the left before, but I'm talking about what's happened on the right here because Trump was doxing people from the most powerful seat in the world, the Oval Office. And that was causing real life ramifications for countless amounts of people. Yeah. And so the irony is that the GOP putting something like this into effect or into legislation after they just sat by and allowed absolute, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word atrocity because it's simply not. It's just tweets. But they allowed for a total, they had a total disregard for what Donald Trump was doing on Twitter. They either said they didn't read the tweet or they don't care about the tweet. And now all of a sudden the GOP legislation, when it comes down to, um, Basically, at the end of the day, creating legislation that is going to lead to censorship, which would have led to their man, Donald Trump, not being on there at all. Do you know how easily it could be for Reddit or 4chan to arrange some sort of, you know, massive, just tons of people posting really egregious things, having everything blocked and then suing a company into nothingness if this, you know, technically legislation could be passed. And I hate the tech companies. So just so you know, that is where I'm coming from. I, I wish they would all be burned down. If I saw Jack in the street, I hope that a a bunch of birds ate him. Crows, really mean crows. A bunch of crows. And they would tweet while they would do it. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Just as they do naturally. (laughs) When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. So this conversation, when it comes to Section 230, the idea that you should take Section 230 out of the 1996 Act don't do it. You can't do it. We need a free and safe internet. And any air quotes libertarian uh, approving of these GOP led uh, measures under the context of censorship that they that these sites are censoring their content. Again, double edged sword. It's not it's not a proper view 
of a free market society. And I just feel like that conversation hasn't been had. And it needs to be had, and that's why we're having it. Yeah, it's a, this is a very important choice. And you highlighted the logistical nightmare that would then come. You know, talk about the constitutional nightmare if any of these things got right. through. How do you sue what, what your post? Maybe you didn't even hit post correctly, and then you think it's gone, and then you sue Jack for $75,000? I mean, I just— For every deleted tweet? For every deleted tweet? This I'm, is such a Trumpian way of making money. Yes. Oh, very much. I would be a millionaire because I was such an edgy teen. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, I right. really would. Yeah, I would just the things I would say, Ben. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and kind of an extension of that conversation. Um, and again, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you're doing all right out there. Um, Americans, they have started leaving their homes more now uh, since the pandemic. People are leaving their homes more. Yep. But the interesting thing is the only reason we know that is because of cell phone data. And this is, you know, on the heels of what Fernando and I were talking about earlier this week regarding the vaccine, regarding the idea that the government is putting a microchip into the vaccine to to trace you. Oh, you are being traced one parlor post at a time. So (laughs) one tweet at a time, one tweet at a time. It's kind of freaking trippy how they have this information. I remember it from last year at the height of the pandemic. They were able to tell which state was traveling the least. Because they can tell if your phone starts roaming, basically. And again, that is the data that they are using to construct our lives, which is why we need a kickback. Give us our money, because that is one area that has nothing to do with censorship whatsoever that big tech does need to start doing. You know, there's several examples of uh, Twitch stars already being stalked just based on not even their personal data, just they watch their Twitter, they watch their Instagram. You can figure out where they are based on background, based on location, you know, things like that. They can find out where you are and stalkers will show up at your house because they figured it out from your post. If you don't think that companies were already doing that, you know, in the background, you know, uh, there's a reason you only get ads for restaurants in your area. There's a reason you only... The, the things that are relevant to you is what appears in your feed. You're being tracked already. Is it okay? Uh, no, I mean, targeted advertising depends. I mean, it's sometimes okay. I want a, a fried chicken sandwich and it looks delicious. And I've been talking about it into my phone all day. And now there's a commercial. Sometimes <laughs> and then it's too your good phone, to be true. And then your phone turns into a chicken sandwich. Oh Isn't my that God. absolutely that's a, that's a, a neat that, app. There's a Twitter joke that if you want to get a coupon on something, just talk about it to your phone for a little bit. Right. You know, and it, the coupon's up on Instagram in a few hours. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting. People are now, they're starting to go out a little bit more. They're starting to, you know, kind of uh, sniff around, see what the bar scene's all about. Oh. You know, and maybe talk to some new people. But the question is, how is this data being used and how is this data going to be used to regulate us further as we go on? Because you can look at data now. We're going to have an analytical view of government soon. You know, you look at what's going on with sports. Uh, it's, uh, it's all very analytically based. Before, people would say this person's the best, that person's the best, based on, you know, yards or whatever it is, and but also based a lot on opinion. And now you have analytical data that breaks down every single thing. Has it made the game worse? Has it made it better? I don't really think it's made it better. I, I actually think there's been a little bit, it slowed down gameplay a little bit too much for my liking when it comes to sports. 
But the question is, will it slow up our freedom when it comes to us being monitored now where they're going to see us on a spreadsheet? And that is going to be how they decide to legislate who we are. People are people. People ain't numbers. Everyone is extremely unique. Everyone's their own God and everyone's their own deity. Everyone should be in charge of their own lives. Of course, being a God gives you a lot of responsibilities. So be good to people. But do we want to just be a number in a spreadsheet? And that's how they decide to rule how uh, that's how they decide to create the policies that rule us, because I think they've done a lot of that analytical political or analytical policymaking in 2020, which is why you see dumbass rules all over the place that make no sense. Going back to football or basketball, the players wear no face mask on the field. And as soon as they get off, they put the face mask on. It makes no sense. (laughs) It's hard to run in a mask, I guess. You know? No, I mean, or just don't wear it because you're close with everyone already. It just there are so many arbitrary, stupid rules where you're like, that doesn't fit. You know, when something is dumb and you're like, that doesn't fit in with it. like when they opened up the bars here in California, but does, don't allow TVs on. Right. Well, how do you think people watch television? Do you think they salivate four inches from the screen in a bar and like drool all over each other? Sometimes it's the it's, I was going to say if it's the Super Bowl, and it was the Super Bowl. But no, people sit there because you can't be inside. You can't congregate with people. There are chairs laid out. It's just the dumbest stuff that doesn't make any sense where you're like, OK, and that is because they're ruling by spreadsheet, not by actual thought. The original concept behind this, uh, you know, especially during the pandemic, was that they were going to use it to, especially in L.A. County, to notify you if you were near someone that was exposed. Right. Because of the health department data, they would able they were able to tell if you were near a positive infected person. Did I think it was okay back then? Even in the, I didn't think it was okay. Right. You know, try it's just it's a slippery slope, as I talked about it before. And then you you know exactly you the cops start having the data to know where you were hanging out with criminals. You know the were you hanging out with a known blank? Were you were you hanging out with a known group of people that don't support That's this? That's the scary thing. That right. becomes nineteen eighty four. Hanging out with a group of parlor people. Yeah, y'all met on parlor, and now you're all <laughs> taking a trip. Somewhere that's not your home. And this is the fear, right, Ben? This is what is the ultimate fear. Because, again, as we saw with the Patriot Act, oh, it's to stop terrorism. Right. Very aptly named. Really aptly named Patriot Act. You're a patriot. Have a patriot. Read about the Patriot Act and have your freedom fries. But we know the Patriot Act stole our civil liberties Mm. and completely intruded on our lives. And has any do you think any act of terrorism was stopped? Because of the terror, because of the Patriot Act. I mean, you had Richard Reed, the shoe bomber that they basically set up. I mean, he was going to do it. I have no problem that they did. But let's be honest. Somebody with a shoe bomb probably took down that plane in Queens that, t- that went down about three weeks after 9-11. And then they retroactively like, oh, people are doing that. We're going to get one. <laughs> I don't think the Patriot Act has saved us whatsoever from one tam- terrorist attack that they couldn't have solved before the uh, the Patriot Act. Obviously, the, the defenders of the Patriot Act and the FISA courts and everything would say otherwise, but they also can't tell us why, because it's also well, secret. Because it gives them a boatload of power. So why right. would they get rid of it? According to Mo Fang Yang, oh, I love that name, Mo Fang Yang. Mm. Uh, he is the lead researcher on transportation in Maryland. Um, he talks about how people want to escape their homes and things like that. But he also tries to ease a little bit of this worry, saying that the cell phone data informing us of what people are doing right now 
does not show where people are going. It doesn't give the destination. Oh. It doesn't know if you're whistling. Right. It's, but it just does knows if you're know rolling. where you are. Yeah. Right. So it can't yeah. tell the future, but it does give current location data. Is oh. that what you're saying? Ben? Well, he so. says. So basically, he's saying like it's flexible. So, for example, if a person is going to a party, or if a person is going to a grocery store, it's it doesn't give the motivation for the movement, <laughs> but it just it does show data of you moving. So, right. As far as I'm concerned, again, with the spreadsheet analysis that all of this will break out into, this is why those numbers are so dangerous. And this is why the legislative body can use it as a component of data collection. But it could it should not be the end all to decide what people are doing because everyone has a different different motivation for what they're up to. And then the next thing is this this data isn't memoryless, uh, like a memoryless property. This data can be then paired with stoplight face recognition data. Then it can be paired with a lot of other data. And again, I went back to the point I made before. It's a slippery slope and you're now being tracked everywhere, just like with the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act to, the Patriot Act to me is the, a tiger amulet. It's like, oh, this, ti- this amulet here protects you from tigers. Well, how does it work? Do you see any tigers around? Right. You know, it's exactly that. That's not a valid. That's not valid. And the Patriot Act was also another uh, to highlight what you're saying about the earlier story. Talk about, you know, some uh, some government officials trying to monitor everyone, making it seem like it's necessary and safe. This that was 2001 that Patriot Act snuck through the halls of Congress and the Senate. And we are still living with uh, those repercussions. And God bless the only senator who voted against it, Wisconsin's own Russ Feingold. I believe you voted for him a couple times, right? I voted for Russ Feingold every time I could. I'd vote for him for president. Russ Feingold, for those that don't know, if you want to know about a great senator, check out Russ Feingold. He was a perfect Wisconsin politician. Wisconsin's been a little bit more corrupted since the Scott Walker years. But Russ Feingold also, for my girlfriend at the time, Stephanie, wonderful gal, he signed a picture of him and he said, Ben's the greatest guy on earth. Love Russ. And I said, thank you, Russ. And he sent it to her and she didn't even believe that it was real, but it was. Oh my gosh. Well, see, we need more politicians like Russ Feingold, you know? So we also have the situation about profiling. Now we talk about racial profiling in the context of the human eye, Mm. but now we're seeing it more and more when it comes to the AI that's being created. They don't know how to differentiate between Asian faces and African-American faces, white faces. They got down fairly pat. I wonder why perhaps that was the creator or at the very least that was the model that they used to train these robots. It is confirmed that it is the model as a person that's worked in AI. It's 100%. All the samples are white. All the fingerprints are white. All the people doing the testing are white. So now we have the situation as a extension of what's going on on social media. We have those sorts of, you know, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. You know, we have that happening. We have facial recognition happening. And now we saw what is going on in New York with the NYPD robot dog. Oh, boy. So what's the robot dog going to see? So are we just going to have. We're we're t- we're on the we're on the heels of the George Floyd murder trial with Derek Chauvin, and God knows what's going to happen with that. We're going to cover that extremely closely. Um, we have officers who who look through a lens of power and oftentimes bigotry or complacency or just straight up anger that they have to do their job every day. I think that's what happened with Eric Gardner. He was selling Lucy's every day, and one day the cops just couldn't deal with he it was anymore. So tired of seeing this guy selling so those tired. cigarettes, selling cigarettes, and then we, as the public, read, 
a man selling Lucy's was choked to death. What the hell is going on? Right. <laughs> but it is because these cops were just like, I can't deal one more day. That's the human component of racial profiling, of bias, and overall just angst. But now if we have something like an NYPD robot, what are they going to do? Imagine being wrongfully chased by a, by ro- a robot, robot dog. dog. I am freaking out. <laughs> That's like Chappie. You know, Chappie the is. full on oh DM word rapping over dogs, robot dogs killing it, people. And oh I have heard God. no legislation brought up about should we have robots? Should they be deputized? Should they be allowed to detain a human being? The answer is no, no, no. As far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen any legislation proposed. All they're worried about is people not being able to say the N-word on Twitter. <laughs> we got robot dogs that are about to be nipping on our freaking heels. Oh, boy. The parlor dog is coming. Oh it my is happening. God. It knows if you're on parlor. It knows if you've traveled out of state. <laughs> bark, bark. I'm at the door. It, and then, you know, from the chip and the vaccine, you know, it knows. Oh, that, that's it's, right. It's the, the parlor dogs are going to know if you've got your chip or not. Oh this my God. whole thing is crazy. So this NYPD dog, it weighs 70 pounds. It can run three and a half miles per hour. It climbs stairs. And this is according to Frank DiGiacomo. He, is, uh, he works with the dog. He says, the dog is going to save lives, protect people, and protect officers. That's our goal. You That's know, terrifying. How are they going to protect officers, I wonder? How are they going to protect lives? Isn't that interesting? I almost feel like when they save lives, it's like Republicans saying they want to stop censorship. Right, right, right. Well, you know, hopefully the dog's got lasers coming out of its eyes. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I was going to say, I've seen these dogs and I just wish they put a little bit more like aesthetic into them because they're scary looking. They look like weird alien, you know, the weird alien robots. Put some googly eyes on it. Put some floppy ears. That's what they do with Marty to indoctrinate our children. (laughs) I I guess you're right, Ben. That's how the indoctrination starts. You're right. No. Keep them ugly. Keep the robot dogs ugly. Well, according to the main dude with the NYPD, he says this robot is able to use artificial intelligence to navigate things. Very complex environments such as my face. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. It it is a interesting time to just kind of stay in that world as we see these people try to legislate what the Internet is. I watch CNN do a special on Q. Mm. And watching Anderson Cooper talk to somebody who thought he ate babies and drank their blood was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Because Anderson Cooper literally had to say the sentence, did you really think I drank baby blood? And as he said it, I was like, you know what? Maybe he does. (laughs) Their total lack of understanding of Internet culture. When any mainstream media outlet tries to talk about the Internet in their Air quotes like this is a well thought out. We got a whole package here. We've got producers and writers on it. It is donkey crap. And so now we have that being the set narrative. And now we have legislators. Keep in mind, the Supreme Court just started emailing 10 years ago. Right now we have legislators (laughs) who are getting information from networks that are dumber than a five year old right now when it comes to technology. And they are going to pass legislation that's going to stay there forever. It's so bad. And if you are a Republican or if you are a conservative and you were looking at that legislation being like, yeah, see, we're going to get them. See, I thought you didn't want the government to be the one defending you. Absolutely. It's it's ironic. It's hypocritical. It is. It's all of the above. And it's like you said, at the end of the day, the only people who would get hurt 
by this are the working people who are just trying to go about their lives and not get tackled by a robot dog, talk to their friends in some way yeah. over their phone, and, you know, maybe travel out of state if they feel safe doing it. And that all being said, do I think that Jack, do I think that he or his opinions or his ability, again, to curate Twitter is good? No, because I look at Twitter and sure, maybe it is a lot of people yelling into the void about what seems to be leftist issues, but none of it is that I don't whatever then there right. should if, be a test. There should be a test. If you want to if you want to pass legislative law or vote on legislative law, you get sit in front of a computer and you get put in a Zoom meeting. Can you set up the Zoom meeting yourself? Oh, I can. Can you connect the microphone and camera yourself? Oh. And can you get your guest on there? If you succeed at doing those three things for a Zoom meeting, then you are set. You are and you're safe. allowed. You're allowed to pass legislation or write <laughs> legislation on what it means to the Internet means, period. Absolutely. I mean, I remember a senator from Alaska named Ted Stevens. And I he love thought Ted. I mean, the I Internet was a series of tubes. It is a series of tubes. <laughs> well, tell that to Ted Stevens. I think he's dead now. He actually. did die. It was actually quite sad. Ted Stevens, old guy, Republican out of Alaska. Um, he's dead. So I'll say I love him. Why not? Because there's no reason to hate a ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, he said the Internet is a bunch of tubes and then everyone made fun of him. But. The internet is just a bunch it of tubes. It is. I mean, the tubes get attacked by sharks sometimes in the ocean, actually. The tubes get attack, oh attacked God, what, by sharks, what are we gonna do? What are we going to do about that? We need robot sharks to save our you tubes. Fucking, you are a race to the, the bottom. Get the robot dogs in the ocean protecting our internet right now. Right now. Come on, Congress. <laughs> no, get on it. You guys are driving me up a wall. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, these conversations need to be had. And I, again, just always stress the pen is very powerful. It truly is more powerful than the sword. Uh, the Declaration of Independence isn't a knife. Uh, words matter and legislation matters. And if you are in one of these places that are trying to ban certain platforms from allowing them to curate the content the way that they want to curate the content, then look out for your parlors. Look out for your conservative every eight chance, nine chance, 12 chance, whatever it might be. Because they'll be coming for you next. Absolutely. The pen is more powerful than the sword, but the pendulum is more powerful than all of them. Because whatever was written or invaded yesterday, 10 years, it can turn on you. You can imagine what would have happened if it was the inverse with the Republicans rioting about the death of one of their own at the hands of law enforcement. And then a bunch of BLM activists storming the Capitol on January 6th. Imagine if those were POCs. Just imagine if those were POCs. Imagine that. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of POCs in the piece of crap category, it is what it is. Again, I don't mock ghosts. He's a former president. But Donald Trump, uh, who is, as we said, uh, judging by his speech at CPAC, running again. Yeah, it was very uh, uh, powerful, and I would say uh, not really acknowledging that he did anything wrong. <laughs> speech. <laughs> did you guys see the whole thing about the symbolism of the stage? How no. it looked like a... But I I don't yes I don't what I, was this it's going Q we're going Q here. I know that's the <laughs> oh. thing the stage was in the symbol of a uh, apparently the Nazis I don't know because that was just a meme I don't know also all I know is what what is said on said stage is what I paid attention <laughs> right. to and it would validate uh, much of the complaint <laughs> when it comes to buying your first home everyone has questions can we even afford to buy a house right now well I need to negotiate how do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. 
I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. I will also say a uh, Q theory that I had heard that did not come true. Uh, March 4th was supposed to be the day that Trump uh, took the real inauguration because that's when the president used to be inaugurated. Yeah. Um, oh. And then that did not happen. So there's your Q update. Thank you. <laughs> the chosen oh. one. We need to protect, you know, have you seen the, the South Park Q episode yet? Of course. Oh, so. of course. I, I haven't seen it yet. I got to see it. Donald Trump. As we know from CPAC, he's running again. Laura Trump, Laura Trump, whatever. I don't think she's a Tomb Raider unless you uh, count what she does with Eric's butthole. Uh, Eric Trump. Laura Trump looks like she's going to run for North Carolina Senate. North Carolina. I hope she runs on that platform. Yeah, that she'll curate Eric Trump's Trump's butthole. butthole, Yeah, Yeah, thank you. It is funny how these Trumps just keep ending up in states that uh, where they could run for Senate. It's yeah. very coincidental. Isn't that strange? Yeah. yeah. Ivanka and I think that's why Kimberly Guilfoyle is going over there to uh, Las Vegas, going to uh, run for Senate in Nevada. No, join the brothel. Oh, my <laughs> God. Even better. Oh, in uh, Pahrump. Pahrump. Oh, yeah. That's Pahrump. why she settled over there in Pahrump. Good for her. I love it. Donald Trump, Laura Trump, the whole Trump family is here right now, without a doubt. And we'll see how strong that political movement is. Again, Donald Trump got 75 million votes, and I think he'd get 75 million still. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do the Democrats get somebody in 2024 that can get 76 million? And I just don't know. I have no idea. I'm out of the speculation game. However, Donald Trump, he and again, take this with a grain of salt because we've been hearing this for five years. It looks like the state of New York may be close <laughs> to pressing criminal charges against Donald Trump. Trump. We shall see. This is what's happening in New York and Georgia. This is New York City proper. Uh, So Donald Trump, he has at least one investigation uh, that if found guilty, he would be sent to jail. Of course, that's never been done in the United States. I suppose we could ask the question, and this is just hypothetical, theoretical, whitewash everything. Do we want to live in a country where former presidents go to prison? Or will that send a chilling effect to uh, other leaders to stay in line? If you do air quotes, deep state, if you believe in air quotes, deep state, which, by the way, is just everyone that's on MSNBC uh, (laughs) because the intelligence community destroyed MSNBC and John Brennan. Don't worry. Yes, he orchestrated Barack Obama's drone war, but he has apologized for being white. And as a white man, I like to apologize for him to being white, too. Oh, okay. There you go. I appreciate that. Thank (laughs) you. you. Appreciate it. So when it comes to the idea of a former president going to prison, I mean, what how does that make you feel just right off the bat without even thinking about Donald Trump? Well, I got to say, if you're a resident of Illinois, most of your former governors are in prison and that's both parties. So obviously, you know, that's the biggest thing with Trump. 
we're trying to hold them to a standard that we think is uh, a real and uh, completely uh, understandable. Um, and but then anytime he is faced with these standards, these laws that we all have to live under, um, then they say that he's coming after him. They're coming after him specifically, right? And that's kind of how he always wiggles out of it. Um, I think these New York charges um, are are actually going to be quite severe. They got Michael Cohen helping with that investigation. This, this is will the be tax Le- fraud one. This will be Letitia James as this well. This will be Letitia, Letitia James, James. Yeah, yeah uh, in in New York. So um, you know, but it's like you said, you hear this for five years. The walls are closing in. Right. You usually hear it on MSNBC, and uh, it never happened. So the the interesting thing about Trump putting himself out there as a potential candidate for 2024 is. He can make any investigation that's coming at him like it's a political witch hunt, which is kind of what he did in the first place post-2016. I think it's valid. I think uh, if I break the law as just a resident here of the U.S., I would face the consequences. I think police officers, when they break the law, should face consequences. Mm -hmm. And by the same token, I think our public servant officials which is the president, should also face. And the things he did are for tax evasion before he was even president, right? It was, it's, you know. That's so one of the, that's one of the issues in New York City. And to that point, we were discussing uh, on this week's earlier episode, when it comes to Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed George Floyd, how difficult it is to get a conviction because it would dismantle people's entire view of society. Right. If the police could kill a person, then what else could happen? The and they shouldn't. simply cannot unravel that story because they need to live in their little egg. And that's the whole thing. The police shouldn't kill people and the president shouldn't be above the law, especially for things he did before. So right. the most cri- the most recent criminal po- uh, uh, probe is in Georgia. Mm. Now, this is over when he spoke with Fannie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney. Mm. This was the phone call made on January 2nd where Donald Trump asked him to, quote, find enough votes to overturn the election. Right. That's what's happening in Georgia. I don't know if that holds water. I think it is obvious that the that Donald Trump was really hoping Fannie Willis was corrupt like he is. Yeah. <laughs> but you can always trust a Fanny to do the right thing. Mm, take a Get load it, off Fanny. So Willis plans to begin asking a grand jury next month. So there will be a grand jury next month brought together in Georgia. Basically, it is uh, asserting that Donald Trump committed election voter fraud, as well as, quote, the making of false statements to state and local government bodies, conspiracy and racketeering. So the guy's got like a Mr. Like from the movie Dick Tracy, he's got a he's got a scary (laughs) ass like bad man. That's a list of things no one wants to be accused of, especially in the state of Georgia. I'll just throw that out there. That's a that's a tough state. I mean, obviously, in the court of public opinion, we all know he probably did all these things. I mean, he did do. He was all recorded. He he did these things. Should he be, you know, uh, so then what's the question? If I had done these things and I'm trying to run for office, what wouldn't you want me prosecuted? I don't remember seeing President Fernando. That's the difference. Any day now, though. 2024. Oh, I would love Just that. Just you wait. I, they I have love to change it. the law because I wasn't born here, but I can be president of Mexico. You oh. should be, and you should be able to be president here. I think that we could probably get rid of the natural born citizenship requirement because I think if you're a citizen of this country, 
you know more about America than most people who were born in America because you actually had to take a civics class. I actually had to learn it to get in here, guys. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't an, a pass or fail. It was like a get in or get out. No, kind my of buddy, thing. <laughs> my friend who's a lawyer told me about immigrant, like the, the actual thing. I don't know. I bet you I couldn't pass it. Um, and then I'll be stripped of my citizenship and sent out to sea. Donald Trump also has a federal investigation well. because of, of course, the riots. So the Department of Justice issued uh, a potential uh, indictment or they are thinking about charging him for, quote, we will continue to follow the fa- facts and the law when looking at the question of whether to charge Trump or any of his allies with incitement. And of course, that goes to the acquittal of his uh, most recent and I would assume last impeachment trial. Do you guys think that anything as far as what happened on January 6th, and I don't want to continue to harp on it because, quite frankly, we have a lot of things to get to in this country. We need to move on. Thank God people got the stimulus check. Is it enough? Probably not. But thank God it came. And still, again, as we said on last episode, I'll give you the smallest. I'll give you a pinky pat on the back for getting the smallest possible thing done with our money. Give us back our money. Not to mention the tax the money that is given to you anyway. Oh, no. So the government double dips. So out of the 1400 that you get, the government <laughs> is taxing that anyway. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. But do you think anyone is going to be held responsible? Or is this just another indication, and this is the flip of the whole argument, that shows Donald Trump's support is just that strong? Like he got the people to storm a capital for him. Everyone is like, this is the death. At the same time, doesn't this just show that it's maybe stronger than ever? And if the Democrats and Biden don't do what we need to have done to save this country, talking about health care and all those things, it's just going to be like wide open and fair game. And again, out of the 75 million that voted for Trump, I don't think any of them wouldn't vote for him again. Oh, they would 100% vote for him again. Absolutely. It took Joe Biden a record number of votes. And not to mention that, when it comes to mail-in voting, I think that might be a thing of the past as of three years from now. That's terrifying, too. Because they are debt. Talk about, again, uh, double-edged sword. Republicans hate it because they lost because of it. Mail-in ballots I'm talking about. So they are actively trying to end that when it comes to federal elections. Right. Yeah. The Republicans are, are going to go back to making it harder to vote um, yes. in whatever way they can from the federal level. But watch the state legislatures. That's going to be a lot of activity happening there, too. And when we talk about doublespeak, when specific, horrible, scumbag Republican Ted Cruz's of the world talk about voter fraud in Georgia, it's because Stacey Abrams brought more people to the table. Right. And their idea of keeping things safe and keeping things right is to have less people at the table by purging them from voter rolls, which is the ultimate voter fraud, not to mention the gerrymandering and redistricting. And it's been happening over the last 20 years. You had 2000, it happened in Florida. 2004, it happened in my state of Ohio. It is very simple tactics that secretaries of state and uh, county boards of elections can do to just limit how many machines there are. They can limit, uh, you know, 
what kind of signatures you can accept. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is a shame, absolutely, because these Republicans are going out of their way to be so loyal to a man who lost that they are willing to rig the vote because of it. And he will throw them under a bus faster oh, than, a, than a Gatorade full of piss flying out of a trucker's window. Uh, controlling votes is a very important thing to, you know, not just the gerrymandering, not just, you know, uh, how you place the districts. Who votes? You know, if you if you stop the mail in votes and also if you don't let prisoners vote, people felt former felons vote Who right. is predominantly former felons, people of color. Right. You know, so it's all it's all look at you have to look at the whole picture of how our votes are being manipulated and how they're attacking it literally from burning the candle at both ends and then biting it in the middle mm -hmm. just to control mm. every single avenue of literally an honest election for lack of a better term yeah truly they're little mice that love wax Ooh, yeah i love to eat wax so those are all things that have to be paid attention to and you know the these things even if you don't pay attention to them right now at some point in your life you're going to be like why the hell did i just get screwed why did i just get screwed over and then you can look to how it happened, where it came from. And uh, believe it or not, oftentimes the call came from within the house under the guise of extending freedom, but of course naturally limited it, which is really what we saw with the Telecommunications Act. The only thing they actually carved out that was for freedom was Section 230. Other than that, Clear Channel <laughs> decimated radio. And without uh, without that act, we would probably still have like Crazy Bob in the morning who only plays the farts like he would just be fun. <laughs> and I miss that. I miss old school uh, radio DJs that would just play like this is a deep cut that reminds me of my wife. And it's just a woman screaming. I mean, it's just whatever it is. <laughs> Or female radio hosts as well. Yeah, yeah. Anytime uh, you see legislation passed, whether it's telecommunications or Patriot Act or No Child Left Behind, I mean, keep an eye on all the legislation coming out of uh, these state legislatures that will either be regulating or, or, or taking on the big tech or robot dogs, whatever it is, is usually named opposite of what it's actually going to do. Absolutely. And of course, No Child Left Behind, the... Uh, W. Bush administration's policy that left every child behind, which I guess is also like leaving no child if everyone's behind. Oh, that's true. Boy, he really got it then. Yeah, he really nailed it. <laughs> all right. Just lastly, uh, and again, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing all right out there. Just lastly, uh, way under the radar was not covered anywhere because, again, MSNBC is just full of former CIA people. Right. CNN is too busy having people like bro out with each other and Cuomo's black on the inside. Um, so he told us that Chris Cuomo's black on the inside. He said that. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, he said that. So CNN is doing uh, what CNN does. Sure. Which I don't even know what that is. And then Fox is. is Fox, which is, you know, just uh, might as well just be TMZ, but at least they do well in the ratings. So I guess you got to give them credit for that. What happened in Saudi Arabia over this past week was so indicative of a manipulation on a global scale of our oil markets. Right. So for those that don't know, the story is Iranian Batutis blew up with drones, with explosives, a bunch of oil rigs in uh, in Saudi Arabia. Because of this, Goldman Sachs says, uh, na uh, internationally, we are raising the price of oil X amount. Right. Because of that, they just made a uh, quick, probably 10, 15 billion dollars. Billions of dollars. Billions and billions of dollars. All because, air quotes, there was an attack on Saudi oil. I don't trust one thing 
of inf- one bit of information coming out of the Middle East when it comes to oil strikes in Saudi Arabia. We have seen them do this before to manipulate the markets. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why they wouldn't do it now. And also, it's on the heels of President Biden dissing Mohammed bin Salman, the man who killed uh, Khashoggi, of course, the journalist, still didn't do anything. We're still giving them all of the money in the freaking world. They're still living like gods. But at the very least, Biden said, that was bad that you killed that journalist. On the heels of that, now all of a sudden we have air quotes, Houthis blowing up oil refineries in Saudi Arabia, causing oil to spike. Does it not? Does it not read it, a little bit suspicious? It reeks of suspicious, uh, smelling everything. I mean, uh, Saudi Arabia, Goldman Sachs. There's no party uh, of this equation that you should really trust. Um, and like you said, this makes the price of oil go up to seventy dollars per barrel, which is exactly what the Saudis want. It's exactly what Wall Street wants. Um, And it all happened because of these little, quote unquote, air quotes, like you said, skirmishes happening at oil refineries in Saudi Arabia. We're getting these are the sources for this information are the Saudi officials. Exactly. And then the sources for the uh, the price of oil are the Goldman Goldman Sachs Sachs. officials. I don't trust any of these officials. I hope everyone is staying vigilant and, uh, you know, just trying to read between the lines a lot of these news stories. And as Mr. Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left and uh, no dogs in space would always say, qui bono, look who benefits. Right. And God knows Wall Street, Goldman Sachs and the Saudis all benefit from higher uh, oil prices. Who doesn't? Perhaps the Biden administration. Obviously, that would reflect poorly. Think about Jimmy Carter. We're not nearly close to that. But you think about any president, the one area that is a guaranteed loser is that people drive their car and start seeing oil prices go up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The people driving in and out of their states as they see fit people who are spying on them. Those are the people who buy the oil. And um, yeah. those are the people who get hurt by higher oil prices all the time. So always stay vigilant on uh, any of these. You know, it's like you said, these news stories slip through the cracks sometimes. Um, and you got to stay vigilant and, and you know w- what's happening. And you wonder, how could a news story slip through the cracks? 24-hour news coverage, 365 with at least 10 news channels. How could a n- news story fall through the cracks? It has to be on purpose. You know, right. um, also, there's, you know, we talk about money, but there's a huge human element to this. According to Al Jazeera uh, in Aleppo, there's about 4 million people in the region and half of them have been affected by this. Because of, wow. you know, the fires and everything. We're right. talking about people's lives here. Absolutely. You know, so the, there's people just playing with money on their end. They want the price of oil to go up. And now two million people are getting, you know, oil for oil. And before know, anyone inhalation. thinks that's too crazy, look no further than Richard Nixon. The entire reason we ramped up and killed thousands and thousands in Vietnam was for his reelection. Right. That was it. Right. Right. It was one person's power. Yeah. And now we're talking about a royal family. You think they give a crap? No. They seriously don't. And as a matter of fact, the more devastated their population, perhaps, uh, the better it is for them. I and mean, what the hell do they care? I mean, I, I remember learning right away in an old Michael Moore movie called Fahrenheit 9-11, the Saudis have way more power over our foreign policy and our economy than we truly realize. And take that movie with a grain of salt. But uh, You also can't find it anywhere because it was a Weinstein Brothers movie. So oh, I don't think right? you can find it anymore. But I did learn that the, the Saudis have way more power than uh, the media well, lets on. You know what stopped my belief in Michael Moore documentaries, other than a lot of the facts being wrong, but what piqued my 
my interest into investigating them. Oh. When the boys of South Park said that that wasn't their cartoon. Oh, yeah. That was a bowl, uh, Bowling for Columbine uh, controversy. That was Bowling for Columbine. He took, he faked a South Park cartoon. I said, well, if that's not real. And then I looked into it and it's like Michael Moore, like everything <laughs> else. There's a lot of lie by omission. And he will do that thing where. He goes to the fanciest school in France to see how they eat. And then he goes to the poorest school in America to see how we eat. Right. And then he says, see? And it's like, well, there is a middle ground. <laughs> and if anyone has seen Team America World Police, that is why uh, Trey, Parker, Matt Stone have Michael Moore blowing himself up, I believe, <laughs> at a Screen Actors Guild uh, or Film Actors Guild meeting. Dude, hot goss. I don't know why everybody... The left hates Michael Moore more, and I will just say it again. I've said it before. More than New York Jets fans hate the Jets. The <gasps> MSNBC fan base or just the left and gentle, they hate Michael Moore. And I actually don't know if, what did he do to like change? I don't know. He went very pro Bernie in 2016 and 2020. But they say but he's pro Trump are... all the time. And I'm like, I think he's just a populist. Yeah. I, he also was the guy sounding the warning bells about Trump saying, hey, keep your eye on this guy. He could win. That was Michael Moore all throughout 2015 and 2016. Mm -hmm. He had some crazy story about being on Roseanne's talk show with Donald Trump. And the producers told him that Trump was very nervous that Michael Moore was there. So please don't make fun of Mr. Trump. And then as soon as Michael Moore goes out, Trump just starts shitting all over him and he was like he, he got me I that's what he does i wouldn't be sensitive i'd be like oh donald's feelings are gonna oh, get hurt okay. my god it was a different time on tv it was a different time i would if i really wanted to insult donald i'd take two googly eyes and a little cartoon tongue and i'd put it on a big mac and i'd open up the big mac's mouth and i'd say fuck you donald fuck you donald well, and then donald would say big mac no big mac <laughs> Not you, Big Mac. I need you, Big Mac. And then he'd realize that the Big Mac doesn't love him, and then he'd jump off a freaking roof. And then the state legislature would pass a law saying that's a $70,000 fine for a Big Mac Trump impression, sir. Yes, indeed. Also, we're no longer using size to terminize anything. That's just a Mac. Oh, how sweet. Why not? So woke. Hashtag Ben. <laughs> Hashtag Ben. Hashtag Ben. All right. Um... Is there anything else that you guys wanted to? Let's just say this is a get off, get it off your chest moment. Fernando, get off your chest. Anything politics? Anything you want to scream about? Yeah, I want to talk about the Biden administration ending the public charge rule specifically. What's this? What's the public charge rule? So basically, Ben, if you are an immigrant into this country okay. and say you you're working on your documents to get your green card or maybe already have your residency, with green card is permanent residency, you already have your permanent residency and you're applying for your citizenship, they take into account your finances that's okay. the most important thing so the public charge rule is if if you were to come into our country are you going to immediately go on medicaid are okay. you immediately going to go on food stamps are you going to be a public charge you know the the goal is to bring in people that help the country not right. you know bring the country down so for the past 20 years if if say you take Medicaid to help your kids, you know you're an immigrant. That isn't an issue for you applying for residency. That it, it's they. It's important that you tell them, but it's not going to cost you your residency. Okay. During the Trump era, that completely changed. He completely enforced that rule that made it if you had applied for Medicaid, received Medicaid, received right. EBT, received WIC as a pregnant woman, it would literally not only stop you from progressing or changing right. your status, it could literally cost you your status. And He's, of course, inevitably, it'll cost us more when they don't have health care. They have to go to the doctor when it's far too late. And the uh, we foot the bill anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather just have them have preventive medicine. 
And, you know, so it, uh, uh, Trump is then, I'm sorry, Biden is ending this, uh, well, this, you know, that's one of those things where, and maybe you know, this is why I am a, like, I, I have some libertarian tendencies and I also believe in a safety net and I believe that the government needs to help people. This is an area I grew up obviously doing foster care when I was growing up. And obviously we took WIC because we have a lot of kids to take care of. Right. And uh, without programs like that, without programs like Head Start, my little brother, I don't know where he would have gotten an education because when public school don't want you and the alternative school can't uh, doesn't have things in place to help you. Where are you going to go? So WIC, Head Start, those kinds of social programs are so needed. So I approve that. Uh, I, I applaud uh, Biden for doing that. And perhaps that comes at the heels of what's been going on with the border. Maybe this is a little band-aid to alleviate some of the true stories happening when it comes to the horror on the border. Uh, but I have no problem with that. What do you think, Travis? Uh, I'm glad that Biden's doing uh, everything to to improve immigration policy. I mean, uh, it's like you said, I also have a libertarian slash progressive streak, you know, and uh, libertarians obviously believe that if you are here to work and you got a work visa, I mean, that was Gary Johnson's proposal, actually, for immigration control was if you're here to work or be a student, you are uh, allowed in as long as you can prove that you're uh, of a le good legal standing, basically. Um, and that is so fascinating because we do have all of these programs. And that's always something you always hear, too, from conservatives. Well, as long as they're not on those programs. But it's like, but if they're working and paying into the programs, they should be allowed to also Absolutely. take advantage. And there's no greater straw man for, again, air quotes, fiscal conservatives when they talk about gutting social programs as we uh, give money to the largest social program in the world, the U.S. military. Right. And a series of other tax breaks, which is not fiscally conservative. You look at what happened. Uh, with the massive, massive tax breaks for these corps. I yeah. wanted to make sure to include that this is only for legal. You know, th these are all legal immigrants. If okay. you if you came in here illegally, you there is no way for you to yeah, get you help. You can't even you get can't on get there. WIC, you can't get EBT. There is no, so any any anyone telling you that the illegal immigrants are the ones going on WIC is lying to you. Right. They, they cannot get EBT. They cannot get dental assistance. It doesn't work that way. So all of these people are legal residents, and we're not just talking about taxpayers you know, too. Yeah, they're, they're they have. So they have a uh, ENID, they have a or a taxpaying ID, or they have a social security number. These people are all taxpaying right. members right. of of America. And then more importantly, these aren't just you know we're not just talking about poor people. This would have affected me. This actually affected me personally when I was a college student. I was on Medicaid. Yeah. I because of that during the Trump era, I would have been subject to possibly deportation oh just gosh. because of that. So you 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 and have those to are just that's like Donald. That's like when Stephen Miller. Got into Donald Trump's ear, and obviously Donald Trump is—he uh, allowed all of this to happen because this is also his belief. But that policy is such a Stephen Miller, fuck you to brown people. <laughs> it is such a—and uh, I say brown people, and people will be like, immigration's a massive issue. But again, it's mostly brown people affected. That's no, the no Canadians are concerned when they drive through Arizona, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's going to be no passports, please here. So this is just such a Stephen Miller idea to just screw over people who are citizens even further. And uh, if we want to continue to have a race to the bottom, this is definitely going to help. But I like that Biden reversed it. And it also plays on this whole idea. This is what Tom Cotton tweeted. We talked about this earlier this week when Tom Cotton tweeted Dylan Roof is going to get fourteen hundred dollars. Of course, the you know, the man has committed the massacre there. Uh, total scumbag, obviously. Mm -hmm. But this whole idea like. 
he's going to get it. Oh, I don't, I do. I would like it. But the idea of even seeing that person get it, I'm not talking about Dylan Roof. I'm just talking about a neighbor you don't like. That in, that in itself, just seeing him not happy is enough for me to be happy. So let's not get it. That <laughs> is a race to the bottom that we are in. And so seeing for someone like that, like that policy, be like, don't give him WIC. Don't give him Medicaid. That is just there's no positive outcome other than, oh, now they're going to be sick and hungry. I wonder what that would lead to. Right. That would be much more catastrophic. It's, Violence, it's like perhaps. Yeah, a series it, of other desperate things. It is always cheaper to just invest in people than it would be. You know, it's like you said, we, we put more money in the military and the border than we do with actually taking care of the people who do make it here, specifically legally. Um, legally. That's the most important thing the, I wanted to like point out. Yes, absolutely. Legal. So. Um, yeah, it, it's fascinating. Except, you know, the, all the Trump immigration policies, uh, it, it stemmed it, kind of like the dreamers deal, right? Here, here are these dreamers. They've applied for the program. They're playing by the rules. And then they used that, that oh, they had horrible. given them their addresses against them to find them. Um, it just reeks. It's yeah. Stephen Miller. Um, um, I'd throw Bannon into oh, this, this policy making. Oh um, so thank goodness. Biden, again, has just done something so, rational and yeah. what you're supposed to do. So there you go. Congratulations, Joe. You <laughs> might not know your name, but <laughs> congrats. It's corn pop. It's corn pop. Corn pop. Although, up, Joe, I, thank you. I do have to say Joe did fairly well in his public address. Though, yes, the first one in 55 days. We are in the again as pendulum swing. I still prefer a silent, non-existent president mm. as opposed to a president that tweets every day. Yes. So everyone oh, bitching so nice. that we haven't seen Joe in 55 days. I'm like, Thank let's goodness. make it 500 more. <laughs> He's busy working. I like that. Or sleeping. I don't care. Either way. I assume working. Come on, Ben. I mean, America, Joe. In the America's, he gets that ice cream in him. He can work all day. He does look like he really enjoys that ice cream. Mm. He does enjoy it. That's a good point. Oh, he loves right. it. I, I, I stand corrected. If he's eating ice cream, he's awake. He had his yes, sugars he today. He has to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Any big gripe for you, Travis? Oh, well, you know, Ohio politics is always what I've got my eyeballs on. And briefly, we we're going to have a man named Geraldo Rivera run for <laughs> Senate because he apparently is still a resident of Shaker Heights. And I have he, to wonder, but, Democrat or Republican? Oh, I, he would have to be Republican. Here's the thing. Jerry Springer's also, um, since he used to be mayor of Cincinnati, he got uh, he had to leave because he wrote a personal check to a hooker. Um, a and he sex had, worker, sex please. Work, I'm sorry. But it's My more fun to goodness. say. It's like TJ Hooker, but no, you leave I the do. TJ off. I understand. Um, yeah. And it was actually just, it was a massage <laughs> therapy place in Kentucky. Also, so, by today's standards, thank you for having consensual sex with somebody and paying them. Yeah, Jerry, thank you. So this, I, He literally did nothing he, wrong. He, he, he's fine. <laughs> if we could have a Jerry Springer Roll the Rivera Senate race. That's oh probably the only God. way I would re-enter Ohio politics myself and be the third man on that stage. Just to hang out with them. Just to hang out with the dudes. Just for the Instagram post of that. I and the likes. Yeah. It didn't help that Geraldo uh, posted his tweet from Florida and he was called out for that. So I think that's why the run has now come to an end. So Jerry, if you're listening, give me a call. Wow. Geraldo Rivera, the political... The brief political career of very brief. Rivera. It is exactly how I run. I'm like, I'm going for a run today. Get to the end of the block and be like, oh, yeah, let's that's go it. back. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Turns out this is hard. It's way hard. Way hard. But everyone should do it. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Everyone should live and have a great time and love each other. Oh, I'm going to steal. Oh, I'm going to steal Henry's thing and laugh. That's what he says at the end of side stories. I've stolen something from him. Oh. He says, live, laugh, love. 
Oh. Yes, now it's mine. Oh, well, mine. we're going to have to get Henry a robot dog to track anyone who no! steals his catchphrases. No! <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Never forget, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.